Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. I wanted to do something on Memorial Day, family-wise, just something. I came up with the idea of a hike. We'd go for a hike. Weather was going to be glorious. I didn't even remember that my kids have never been on an official hike. I mean, we've gone camping and done various things and walked, but not like... You look up a hiking trail, it's X miles long, and you bring a backpack with water and sunscreen and all that sort of stuff. So I picked a hike, and I didn't want, want one that was too easy, because I've been on a number of hikes in my life. They were just too freaking easy, especially if you're a 13-year-old boy and 11-year-old boy with lots of energy. They're like a big, clear, flat path. Sometimes they're even paved. And it's a walk. It, it's a walk. Yeah. It's a yeah. walk. It's just a step above a mall walk. It's a mall walk with a nicer view, which is fine. It, it has its place. I'll bet the average age of hikers is on the older end. Like my mom and dad do a lot of walking over there. So they, I think they cater to that crowd a lot, which is fine. But I wanted something more challenging than that. I didn't want to like free, for free climb Yosemite or something like that. But uh, I wanted a little more challenging that. Well, I overshot by a lot, and I've done a fair amount of hiking in my life. This was the most grueling hike I've ever been on, and uh, it wasn't a good introduction for the first hike. Oh. Partially because all of the little bridges that took you apart across, like, ravines and creeks and stuff like that were burnt out in the big fires in California, and so now you had to just find a way to traverse it on foot. Oh. And it, and it was it was relatively difficult. And the path was really overgrown because the bridges were burnt down there. Nobody's been hiking these trails. And so it was really, really difficult to stay on the path and figure out where it was. It was really overgrown with uh, with weeds and stuff. Oh, oh my on, gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> He's got the trail <laughs> fever, folks. Yeah, I got trail fever. So I also made a very poor choice uh, footwear-wise. I don't uh, have any hiking boots at this point in my life, and I wore some uh, work boots that are completely flat on the bottom. 
Oh. And walking on the like long grass that is dead and bent over flat, walking with the <sighs> flat shoes, it was like walking on ice. I mean, I'm yeah. from the Midwest. I know walking on, it was like walking on ice where you'll take a step and just all of a sudden, whoop, your feet go out and you're on your back. I mean, that's the way it is walking on slippery ice. It was like it's uh. on this grass, except it was like next to cliffs. And I was really worried that I was going to go <gasps> and go rolling down the cliff and, you know, be landing on the rocks or whatever. And oh my I got that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Luckily, my kids had better shoes on and they did not fall at all, but I fell a bunch and it was really hard. And my kids were complaining and wanting to go back the whole time. And I kept talking about building character and, you know, not quitting and all these different things. It was a 4.7 mile total hike. And uh, I don't know how much of it we did. Maybe three miles actually had to turn back. I just I yeah. fell nine times, which is a lot of times to fall down. I mean, completely to the ground, either flat on my back or flat on my stomach, fall down. And as the numbers grew, as I got up to like fall number seven of landing flat on my tailbone and I would just lay there and groan and think, I would say, go on without me. Leave me here. <laughs> um, it was just, it was, although I did tell them at one point, you'll, you'll be talking about this in 40 years. I guarantee you when you're 53 and you're 51, you're going to get together for some family, something or other, and you'll be laughing about this, even though yeah. it's miserable right now. <laughs> Sam had so many foxtails in his socks and down in his shoes that his feet were bleeding by the time we got back to the truck. Oh no! Yeah, it was it was it was just not pleasant. Not oh, pleasant. My. So I weigh over, and they all both say they never want to hike again. And I've won, I ruined one of the great recreations of all time. So I'll have to I don't know present. Uh, they they said we I would have to pay them to go on another hike. So I might literally pay them to go on a wow. better hike to reintroduce them to hiking. Do you remember what the trail was rated? Of course, it was probably raided before the bridges burnt out. Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Brutality. Poor choice. And uh, and a friend of mine suggested that I get a walking stick, which she said is a sounds a lot nicer than cane in terms of mm. something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice job. Do you know how many guy. times nine times is to fall completely to the ground? That's a lot of times to fall. As an older fella? Yeah. Or of any age. He had a fall. Then he had eight more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We were so beat up by the time we got back to the truck. We got in the truck and we all just sat there for a while. And we were so beat up and so much pain and tired and worn out and discouraged. We could barely move to get to a restaurant where we ate giant ice cream cones to try to soothe ourselves. Wow. Nothing more soothing than a giant ice cream cone. Maybe the next walk will be the, uh, you know, wide, paved, flat mall walk that my parents enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Nice death march, Dad. Yeah. That's what Henry said going to bed last night. He said, that was like military camp. Why did you do that to us? Uh, You've probably had this situation, though. As we were going along, things got a little uh, snipey in the family uh, Mm. more than I would like. A little. uh, Yes. A little uh, people not, uh, you know little complaining than me you know not enough complaining let's have a positive attitude you made us go on this stupid hike you know that sort of thing henry at one point said this is really testing our family <laughs> wow well part of my uh, kids childhood was the uh the the goats and sheep that they send around to to eat down all of the grasslands because they're so fire prone in the summertime obviously you know no matter where you live wildfires are a problem in california well, some of the communists, well-known suspects behind a lot of the evil doing in California for the last several years, are now trying to screw that up 
which is going to cause innumerable deaths from fires. But uh, we'll let William Longinus of Fox News explain what's going on. Let's start with 65, Michael. Oceanside, California. 200 goats hired by San Diego Gas and Electric clear brush under power lines ahead of fire season. The livestock are a popular eco-friendly alternative to bulldozers or chemicals. This could end, however, under a bill backed by the California Labor Federation that turns goat herders into hourly farm workers, paid time and a half even when they're not working. But former Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, who sponsored the law, says it's about protecting workers. To make sure that the workers who are associated with it aren't being abused, um, that they're not being taken advantage of, that they, in fact, are being treated fairly. What the hell is wrong with you people? There are people with goats willing to do this, clearly, by supply and demand standards. You can see it right in front of your eyes, but you want to get in the way of that. Why? She's a Marxist. This is the gal who got AB5 going, the notorious California law, which made it illegal to be a gig worker, illegal to be a freelancer, an actor, a, a, a musician, um, the Uber drivers, although anybody who had enough political clout to get themselves written out of the bill did. But it's an effort to get everybody into the freaking SEIU, the big union. That's what she's all about to get. She is a union money grubbing, just viper. If you, you know, in my in my opinion, clip 67, Michael, we're all about fairness. We don't want to lose these people. Johnny Gonzalez owns 2000 goats. Most companies like his bring herders here on visas, typically from Peru, and are paid about four thousand dollars a month, plus room, food and phone. But if the union bill goes through, their pay will jump to $14,000 a month, more than most can afford. By January 1 of 24, if we cannot fix uh, the current legislation, uh, we will be forced to sell these goats to slaughter and to the auction yards, and we'll be forced out of business and probably file for bankruptcy. There you go. So these guys come from Peru. They're making 50 grand a year, plus room and board and a phone. They're thrilled with it. And I've watched these operations. When there's nothing to do, the sheepdogs take care of it all. And these guys sleep or, you know, fix fences necessary or what have you. But there's not all that much to do until it's time to move the fences. Then they put in probably a pretty good long day and they go sleep. And so you're going to make it too expensive to exist. Exactly. You're going to put them all out of business and or unionize. And again, so lots and lots of people out of business, a bunch of businesses and wildfires destroy property and kill people. That's Lorena Gonzalez for you. She's evil. E-V-I-L, all caps. Or or do they do they believe that the market won't adjust the other side of it? I was talking to my kids about this with minimum wage and everything. Like They had this conversation the other day um, about, you know, why it works for McDonald's now to have these automated computer systems that you walk in touch screens to order your food. Well, they finally made it expensive enough to hire a human being and the computers got cheap enough to well, just do the computer then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, she's a committed, I'm trying to come up with the right word that won't get us in trouble. Uh, she's a dedicated uh, socialist, Marxist, union goon. 
um, and and all about everybody having to be in unions, which will give them enormous power and wealth. And that's her. That's how she makes a living. Even the Plus, Sanford- I believe she's a committed Marxist. Even the San Francisco Chronicle, though, when they raised the minimum wage the last time, had articles about coffee shops and bookstores that were going to have to close because they only had a couple of employees. They're small operations. They just you couldn't stay open at the wage they were going to be forced to pay. As Tim Sanford right. always says, you're making certain jobs illegal. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. You're making it illegal for me to say, I give you $12 worth of value per hour. I like this work. I'm happy with that wage. You're making it illegal for me to do that. Right. I'm either young or retiree or this is my second job. I'm willing to do this for this wage. It's great for me. You made it illegal for me to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Because you've got to pay everybody who can fog a mirror a quote-unquote living wage. If they bring you $3 of value per hour, you've got to pay them $15 per hour because, well, because everybody who does anything should make enough to support a household. Uh, Since when? According to whom? And now there's a movement for the individual goats to get paid $15 an hour and get free community college to start with. You know that'll become a four-year college before you know it. And then the vote, the goat vote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the goats oh. will have the vote. We'll be paying for their abortions. You know, we've oh, we've got to uh, get the animal rights people involved because they're going to slaughter all these goats. They're they're not going to give them like you know a, a car and ten thousand dollars to get their lives started. They're going to freaking kill them and eat them. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. From the Department of Critical Thinking, I guess. And, you know, some people I think are just born better at it than others. I try to get better at it, but I found both intriguing. Uh, first of all, this was sent along by alert listener Mike, and I appreciate it very much, Mike. It's about data and its usefulness and how you get it and how you interpret it. During World War II, fighter planes would come back from battle with bullet holes. The Allies found the areas that were most commonly hit by enemy fire. They sought to strengthen the most commonly damaged parts of the planes to reduce the number that were shot down. A mathematician, Abraham Wald, pointed out that perhaps there was another way to look at the data. Perhaps the reason certain areas of the plane weren't covered in bullet holes was that planes that were shot in those areas did not return. Mm. This insight led to the armor being reinforced on the parts of the plane where there weren't as many bullet holes on the planes that returned. Fascinating! What a fascinating way to look at things. I, I had the light bulb go on myself. Wow. The story behind the data is arguably more important than the data itself. Oh, and more precisely, the reason behind why we are missing certain pieces of data may be more meaningful than the data we have. That's a good one right there. That is a good one, isn't it? Moving along. This is the fabulous Kevin Williamson uh, writing his uh, weekly column thing for the dispatch. Economics for English majors is uh, a little section that he does every week, and I always find intriguing. The headline from the Wall Street Journal, whose editors should know better, is, quote, wage gains lag behind inflation for another year. If the wage gains were less than inflation, then there weren't any wage gains at all. There were wage losses. A very useful concept in economics is the real Real wages, real GDP, real median household income over time, etc. Real simply means adjusted for inflation. And if you aren't adjusted for inflation, then you're not in the realm of the real. Nope. Uh, and, and I think we all kind of get this, but I love this description. Money, properly understood, is basically a record-keeping system. Manipulating the records does not change the real world. 
If you have 100 apples and they cost $10 on Tuesday, but cost $20 on Wednesday, you're not twice as wealthy in apple terms as you were the day before, only in dollar terms. And you can't bake a dollar pie. For the most part, I don't care if the increased dollar value of my stock portfolio reflects some underlying economic reality, although in the long run it must. We don't think about that sort of thing too much. But the real economy is not made up of dollars. It is made up of apples and wheat and labor and engineering services and magazine articles and all the things we make and do that add up to economic output. A great deal of modern economic policy is oriented toward trying to monkey with the record-keeping system in some clever way. But in the end, what matters is how much wheat you grow, how much work you can do, the, the efficacy of the software you develop, etc. When the record-keeping system becomes too disconnected with the underlying economic reality, as when, for instance, you send a huge pile of money out of the federal coffers at a time when economic production is, is in fact, stagnant or declining, then you end up with problem inflation like we have now. Shunting money into the economy does not in and of itself add to the number of acres under cultivation or increase the available workforce or induce innovation and creativity. Making money cheaper, cheaper makes it easier to access credit, which is beneficial to entrepreneurs and young firms. But another way of looking at it is that a policy of artificially cheap money is a tax on savers and a subsidy for debtors. Oh. That That's hurts. a policy you can follow for a long time, but the correction, which are probably only beginning to really experience these days, can be painful. It is a tax on savers and a subsidy on debtors. The first part about the apples, remember the other day I was talking about how my uh, kids got a chunk of money for Christmas, and I thought, God, that's a lot of money. How much? Mm-hmm. And so I went. I used my inflation calculator on my phone to go back to like when I was their age to figure out what that would have been to get a more realistic, because I still have a warped view of what money is, I'd say. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't kept up with inflation. It completely changed the way I look at it. So, and then he gets to, I think, the the most important part of this. Uh, oh, get back to the whole uh, taxing savers and, and subsidizing debtors thing. It, it sounds a lot to me like doing some meth so you can do an all-nighter and, and get the job done, whatever the job is. <laughs> Might work in the short term, but, oh, man, you're playing with fire. So, anyway, his conclusion, I think, is brilliant. Brilliant. What we need is an economic policy that is oriented toward the real economy rather than a policy that's oriented toward trying to goose the economy through government spending during slow times. But that's harder to do because when it comes to things like fixing the schools, developing an intelligent energy policy, and providing a stable, long-term regulatory and tax regime for investors so they know what to expect... It's much easier and more politically juicy to run willy-nilly from one thing to the next, lurching from crisis to crisis and policy to policy, as though the lurching were not a big part of the problem to begin with. Mm. Stable policy. Smart, long-term thinking, stable policy is the best thing you can do for any economy. In our political culture, it, it, it expects and, and causes the opposite. What can we do about it? I don't know. Armstrong and Getty. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Barack Obama said something on a podcast that got a fair amount of attention over the weekend. Uh, about Republican candidates in race. Then Tim Scott was on Fox News Sunday yesterday to respond to that. Let's hear both of those. I think there is a long history of African-American or other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate America and say everything's great and we can all make it. There's no higher compliment to be attacked by President Obama. When they, whenever the Democrats feel threatened, they, they pull out, drag out the former president and have him make some negative comments about someone running, hoping that their numbers go down. Here is what people need to know. The truth of my life disproves the lives of the radical left. You talk about addressing the issue of poverty. My Opportunity Zones have seen more than $50 billion go into the poorest, hardest hit communities in this country. The majority of them are minority. Think about the HBCU funding that in his administration, he totally missed it. We took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country, and then we made it permanent. And the radical left and the teachers unions refused to allow quality education in big blue cities. I support school choice because I support common sense. The radical left and President Obama, they have failed, they have failed, and they have failed. So Barack Obama saying... Uh, candidates of color or Republicans say everything's great. 
No, I, I've saying never that. heard a, a black Republican say that. That's no, idiotic. nobody's saying that. Yeah. But denying there's been unbelievable progress, which was a point he made in a speech when he was president. Well, sure, great, repeatedly. Great speech he made one time. Remember, what was that? What was the incident that brought that about? He gave a great speech about people from his father's generation. Well, I don't think he used his father because his father lived in Kenya. Um, uh, but, but that generation, um, uh, s- s- not recognizing all the progress that had been made. Um, but, you know, now he's helping campaign for other Democrats. Uh, so nobody's making that com- that claim. And then Tim Scott saying, you can't, you can't tell me that I didn't do what I did in the United States of America. He, later in that answer, he also says, by the way, you're a black guy who got elected twice with the highest approval rating of anybody since Eisenhower. So <laughs> what? The game is fixed. Fixed against you. You can't win. Give up. You're a loser. Um, one of the knocks on Tim Scott, and he demonstrated it right there. He's got, I'm a senator disease. He used several terms there that nobody knows what they mean, unless you're also a U.S. senator. Talking about opportunity zones and the HCUV or whatever. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, that's senator talk. Yeah, interesting. You would think, given his background, he could, you know, uh, you know, get that in check. He could yeah. remind himself. Reminds me of John Kerry he used to do that all the time when he was running for president, throwing out various terms and committees and bills and stuff like we all are fixated on those the way they are. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we got another clip. Is this Tim Scott? More Tim Scott? More Tim Scott. There is a way for us to alleviate poverty, not by a race but by the statistics themselves. That's what America stands for. And if anyone should be standing and shouting at the mountaintops that America is not a racist country, it should be the man that Americans supported twice for the nomination and becoming president. The evolution of America is palpable. Progress in this nation, undeniable. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's just the game of politics. You have to present things as as bleakly or as optimistically as you can to try to to win people over. Um, I contend, I still contend, I actually believe this. I believe Hillary got more votes because she was a woman, not less. I believe mm-hmm. Barack Obama got more votes because he was black, not less. I think it was a net plus being black, just like for Hillary, it was a net plus being white. Wouldn't have been decades ago? Absolutely not. But it is now. You know, on both sides, grievance is such a powerful tool in politics. You can get people fired up by telling them they're, they're screwed and I'm going to stop it. I mean, it's, it's always been a huge part of politics. It's a ginormous part of politics now. Again, it exists on both sides. It's why uh, ambulance chaser billboards line the, uh, the highways of America. If, if you're aggrieved, you have that power of righteous indignation. It's a good feeling. But around race, it's become increasingly corrosive to the point where you have people claiming, as uh, Tim Scott was addressing, that there's been no progress in race relations in America in like the last hundred years, which is a bit like saying there's been no progress in uh, in uh, air travel either in the last 150 years. None at all. I mean, it's every bit as absurd. I remember when Barack Obama won and George Stephanopoulos talking about how he cried because he didn't think it would ever happen in this country. And I thought, you, the liberal, thought a black man couldn't be president. Me, the conservative, I'm not surprised at all that a black guy got elected president. Just a, Why no. not? 
No, he's a charismatic young politician. He ran a good campaign. It's not shocking in the least. Yeah, so I just that's weird, isn't it? Well, it's it, that's because the left is so obsessed with race and racism. And that is also why the woke crowd is trying to convince you focus on race, always on race. You've always got to be aware of people's race because if America doesn't give a damn what your race is. They just look at your qualifications. They lose that power of grievance that gives them their wealth and their fame and their funding from Nike and Coca-Cola and, and who am I leaving out? Whatever. They've got to stoke that or they lose their reason for being. Tim Scott touted the fact that he's now third in a number of polls. That's a little like claiming you're the smartest horse, that, that joke. I mean, because... I mean, it's Trump way at the top. You drop 30 points down to DeSantis. Then you drop down to single digits for everybody else. And, but Tim Scott's the highest of those. And who knows, maybe growing. Uh, he's my favorite of the crowd out there. So we'll see what he does. But for the guy on top, Trump, um, he's got this whole uh, indictment thing. Don't know if you heard about it. Around the classified documents and uh, not giving them back and all that sort of stuff. So a uh, bunch of polls have come out since the indictment. He has stayed steady or grown. There's no indication whatsoever that it's done him any harm, hmm. which is kind of interesting on its own. And now the Harvard-Harris poll shows a majority of Americans think he should be pardoned, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. Um, so uh, the belief is from Jonathan Turley and Mark Halpern, a couple of different people I read over the weekend, that it is going to become a thing for candidates really soon. If a majority of Americans think Trump should be pardoned, pretty soon all the candidates out there are going to have to be saying, I will pardon him. All uh, the Republican candidates? Republican candidates are yeah. going to have to be willing to say out loud, I would pardon him. If that's, I mean, it's a majority of the country believes that. For Republicans, it's like 85%. Well, you're right. It's a one foot pot. Yeah. So you're going to have to say I would pardon him. So I got a, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole on revisiting the whole pardon of Nixon back in the day by Gerald Ford and uh, trying to figure out. I got into a conversation with somebody about how that whole work. They're like, it's an open question whether or not Trump could pardon himself once he's president. Most people seem to think he could, but it's never been done before. So it would probably get challenged and the Supreme Court would have to weigh in on it. Um, but he probably can pardon himself. But he could, he could, if the trial hasn't started yet, which most people believe, although the judge that supposedly is in the bag for Trump over mm -hmm. the weekend told the lawyers they need to hurry a couple of things up. So it looked like she's trying to get this going faster, which does not help Trump at all. Right. His whole legal team is clearly trying to slow this thing. But the, but the judge, indicated that i'm not going to let you spend like three months trying to figure this out or that out have an answer by tuesday wow so uh so that gives a little more of a chance that it could at least start before the election but if it doesn't start till after the election uh trump doesn't have to wait until he's convicted or not to pardon himself because nixon was pardoned for any crimes he may have committed before mm -hmm. it even went to trial that was the official wording of the pardon but here's something i didn't know so Gerald Ford paid a very heavy price for pardoning Nixon. The, the the polling on that was not good at the time. It almost certainly is why he lost a close election to Jimmy Carter. I mean, a lot of the country didn't dig the dig the pardon. And uh, I remember as a kid being told by my parents that they must have made a deal. And I know a lot of people still believe that. There's no evidence out there that that is the case, that there was any deal made of 
you know, hey, you resign, I'll pardon you, and I get to be president. That that never happened. There, there's no, there's no, like I said, there's no evidence of that. Nobody mm-hmm. in the ensuing years has ever written anything about a conversation like that. Or, um, pardon uh, or uh, Gerald Ford just thought it would be bad for the country to go through the whole process, and I think he was right. And uh, much later in life, Ted Kennedy, who was really against the pardon at the time. Ted Kennedy gave Gerald Ford the Profile and Courage Award, which is named after the book his brother didn't actually write, but won a Pulitzer Prize for, about the idea when <laughs> politicians go out and you know do things that are not beneficial to them politically, but they think it's the right thing to do. Ted Kennedy came around to believing that it was the right thing for Ford to do, which, to me, ends the conversation. Uh, but Gerald Ford was so bothered by the perception he carried in his pocket a card that had the 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 uh, text of how the presidential pardon works and what it means. And I didn't know this. A pardon means, according to the Constitution, it is a it is the pardoner, the president saying, we believe you're guilty. And it is the receiver saying, I'm admitting I'm guilty. That is what the pardon is. I've never heard that before. Hmm. I don't think that's the way it's interpreted by most people. I don't think most people think that all those people over the years that have received a pardon are admitting their guilt. So is there a ceremony where all of this is stated or a folk dance or something like that or a, a <laughs> tattoo? Or You have to wear a scarlet P on your head. <laughs> pardon. So everybody knows right. you were pardoned by the president and we're admitting your guilt. I don't think people know that. I think... That should be more explicitly said, like I think you're indicating. Yeah. When, when you know, presidents pardon their various friends on the last moments they're in office, you know, noon January 20th, it should be stated more clearly that this is uh, me saying you're guilty and you saying, yeah, I am. Right, right. Will, uh, will that ever be communicated to people or Trump or will well, anybody a, care? Or will anybody care? Yeah. I think if we're communicated, that's a different thing, though. Well, I don't know. If you want to know why Ford pardoned Nixon, here's a great uh, metaphor for you. D- tell me what you think about this. I, I preemptively declared it great. I that know was, the reason, Illuminati. That was haughty of me and 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 despicable. If halfway through COVID, somebody could have made it so we weren't arguing about Trump anymore. Oh, God. And all of a sudden, people would just be for or against opening schools based on science or be for and against vaccines based on the evidence, et cetera, et cetera. Ford thought we got to end this. The whole Watergate thing, the obsession with Nixon. We've got rampant inflation. We're coming off the Vietnam War. Things are ugly in a lot of ways. We can't be in our camps over Nixon anymore. That's why he did it. And I think he was right to do it. If a majority of Americans think Trump should be pardoned, does Biden at any point say he would pardon Trump? God save the queen, man. (laughs) We got to play that again when we come back if you haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah, repeatedly. I'd have to see how it polled among Democrats. Of course, whether Joe Biden loves his country more than his party at this point, I thought I could answer that question five years ago. Now I can't. Um, Is he sincere? Does he actually know what's going on? Can he comprehend it? I don't know. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is it. 
your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Came across this poll. I was unhappy with the results. If I was a good talk show host, I suppose I would bury this information because it doesn't fit with my narrative. This is a University of Massachusetts Amherst poll asking the question or putting this sentence to you. Do you agree or disagree? Being a man or a woman is something that is permanent and cannot be changed. Or, being a man or woman is something that can be changed and is largely up to the individual. It's my, it's on our side, but I was hoping it would be way more overwhelming than it is. Overall, all Americans, 60% say it's something that can't be changed. You are what you are. Hmm. But that does give you 35% who say, it's largely up to the individual, which is a higher number than I was hoping for. You break it down, men and women, it's about two-thirds of men say you are what you are. It's a little less for women. The most interesting part is when you break it by it down by education, which I suppose would be the argument. But anyway, we'll get into that next. Break it down by education. High school or less, two-thirds say you are what you are. College degree, two-thirds say you are what you are. Postgraduate degree, 38%. Say you are what you are. Oh. So if you got a postgraduate degree, it's like half the others. Isn't that something that even college degree, it's at 63% and it drops way down to 38 for that next? Because I think, don't you think it's a certain sort of person? It's not what you learn that next year or two. I think it's, you tend to be a certain sort of person that goes for the graduate degree. Right. That's what we were talking about yesterday. Luxury values. You need to signal that you are part of the hyper enlightened set. You are the super intellectual set. 
And that's how you do it these days. That's a you know, noticeable I, difference in Oh, it's attitude. a shocking difference. Yeah. We all should think about that. I saw a that. poll the other day that uh, 68% of Americans are against biological uh, men competing against women. It's almost 70%. The fact that it's only 70% I know. is shocking to I me. Know. But- well, and I, as I said last week when we were talking about this, I'd like to know what percentage has been frightened, scared, herded by the unanimous view that comes to you through mainstream media. I mean, if you right. if you just kind of pay attention and don't have the courage of your own convictions, and you're taking in the world through the evening news or Saturday Night Live or whatever, you'd be of the impression everybody thinks this is a choice, whether you're a man or a woman. I'd be a real idiot, hater, transphobic if I didn't agree. I'd like to know what that percentage is. That if he said, "No, actually, you're in the majority." Oh, I am. Well, then I'm a I'm on on board with them. Wow, if you just give me 10% as answering that description or just afraid to say what they really think because of that unanimous presentation you described, if you give me 10%, we're at 78%. Yeah. And and it's more than 10%, I guarantee you. Boy, the numbers are basically flipped for postgraduate versus just a regular college degree. That's wild. I I think it isn't. Sorry to oversimplify, but I think most people, their views are informed by reality, the reality they observe in their lives, work, family, etc. Your your super educated PhD class, their views are entirely formed in the classroom. But you know what their view would be? We're the hmm. most educated people out here. We're the right ones. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my limited intellect on you, you crazy person. <laughs> Actually, you know what would be a really, really interesting read? You'd have to dumb it down a little for me, but to get into Thomas Sowell's great quote that there are some ideas so ridiculous or whatever term he used that only an intellectual could hold them. How does that work exactly in the ego? If If I believe something like an intact marriage is best for children, Men should not compete against women in sports. Um, what's another good one? Um, I don't know. If you commit a crime, you ought to feel the consequences for it. You can I get have not, ahead by working hard. Yeah, I have not distinguished myself from the masses at all in saying those things. Is that it? They have to distinguish themselves from the probably 80% that say, no men should not compete against women in sport in women's sports. That's ridiculous. So that makes me part of the eighty percent. If I'm some sort of Harvard PhD, that's the worst fate. I'm part of the masses. No, I'm not. I'm better than them. Is it as simple as that? You think? I spent ten years of college making sure I'm not part of the masses. Maybe I don't know. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.